Welcome to A Word with Dr. Shirley, a podcast for faith, inspiration, and empowerment. A Word with Dr. Shirley starts now. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to A Word with Dr. Shirley. Thanks so much for tuning in today. My name is Dr. Shirley, and I'm so excited to be with you today with my special guest, Miss Rhoda Juan Nosi. Please forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, woman of God, who is going to be speaking to us today from the topic of kingdom finance. Yes, thank you. And so before we get started, I want to take a moment to briefly introduce Rhoda. Rhoda is a highly accomplished accountant with a career spanning over a decade. She began as a corporate financial controller with a track record of successfully managing budgets in excess of $20 million. Driven by her passion for empowering faith-led female entrepreneurs, she founded T Accountable LLC, aiming to enhance the financial health of businesses in pursuit of building empires for God's glory. Awesome. Welcome, woman of God. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. Thank you so much for being here. If you could just pronounce your last name for me so I can make sure I say it properly. You did well. Buenalsi, you did well. You did well. Oh, so much fancier when you say it. Buenalsi. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So our topic today is very, very interesting and is none other than, as I said previously, kingdom finance, which is a very relevant topic. We're living in hard times and the economy is, is no one's friend <laughs> right now. It hasn't been for years. And so I know that this is a topic that I'm sure many people um would like to learn about and would like some, you know, expertise on. So let's get started by just having you tell us what has God placed on your heart concerning this subject today? Okay, so um, thank you for that introduction, first of all, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me on your platform. Um, so you did say a little bit about my history and about my work in corporate America, right? And then God called me um, out. My plan, my husband's plan, uh, our family plan was to work and, you know, get up the corporate ladder and then just be comfortable, right? And then right. retire off into the sunset, pay bills, put the kids through college and just relax, right? <laughs> that was the plan. Um, and I thought that was the plan, but that wasn't God's plan for my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he began to call me out of corporate, out of the comfort um, of a biweekly paycheck and the comfort mm -hmm. of, you know, knowing what the plan looks like financially, um, he pulled me out um, into entrepreneurship. And what God had started to teach me, especially even more recently. Um, so the way the trajectory trajectory of my um, career was, you know, corporate. And then I started doing corporate clients, but on my own. And then God pulled me out of that um, into now just strictly serving um, female Christian entrepreneurs, right? And what I noticed, first thing I noticed is um, with the um, Christian entrepreneurs, um, there was an issue when we came to finances. Like there were, there, it was just something so different. Like with, with corporate clients, um, they knew that 
accounting is the lifeblood of their business. They knew that they had to manage their finances. They knew it's not even, it wasn't even a question, right? It's something, you know, a successful business will not get started without having an accounting, you know, foundation. And so as I shifted with um, Christian entrepreneurs, I realized that first of all, I had to go through this convincing that managing finances is important, right? I had to go through this convincing that accounting and keeping your books right is is the lifeblood. Like it's the basis of you making financial, you know, making growth decisions, making business decisions. You need to know where you are financially first. And so as I started to get frustrated, you know, I'll give you an example, like with, with corporate I was on a, a tight timeline with them, right? They mm-hmm. they needed their financials on a certain date. They needed to know why are they over budget? Why are they under budget? What's going on? They were always asking the heavy hitting financial questions, right? CEOs um, right. Of, of million dollar corporations are asking those hitting questions all the time. They want to know um, mm-hmm. where they are, if they have this money in budget, if they have to do go, why did we go over budget and all that. And then when I shifted to um, Christian entrepreneurs, I realized that I literally had to chase them. Wow. To have conversations mm-hmm. about their finances. Wow. There was a lot of um, avoidance, a lot of sort of like, I don't want to deal with, I've hired you and then just deal with it. You know, you, do you know what I mean? If Absolutely. I mean. And so I started to get frustrated. And I'm like, God, what is this? Right. Mm-hmm. I started to ask God, like, I, I'm not understanding this. This is so important to running a business. Um, and um, I, I heard the Lord say it was mindset. Mm. He said, deal with the mindset. And that blew me away because I, I didn't understand, like, what kind of mindset won't, uh, won't want you to look at your finances, right? right. Especially in business. Um, and so I started learning. Um, I started digging deeper into the word. I started asking questions um, and then just coming to understand what's really going on, especially with women, especially with women. And um, so God has been showing me, even as I'm growing myself, that um, a mindset shift is the first step. Amen. To getting your finances in order. Yes. And honestly, that the mindset shift is really the f- basic foundation for the life of any believer, if we're honest, right? Because in order to translate from darkness to light, from death to life, um, it has to start with your belief system. You have to first believe that you need a savior, right? That um, that God is God and that um, coming to him um, is is what is missing in your life, right? To get you to the life that you truly deserve. And so I think it's really important that we start there because a lot of times we don't realize the power of the mind. Like the world understands this very well, but for some reason <laughs> with believers, there's really a struggle with unbelief and 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 the mindset. And really we saw, we see the struggle you know, even in, in, in ancient Bible history with the Israelites literally not going into the promised land because of unbelief, right? So this is not a, a light matter. This is a very serious thing um, for us to understand the importance of having our mindset 
hearts shifted, right? To where God wants to be elevated, right? And to be dealt with, whether it's um, through studying, through, you know, being under tutelage or being mentored or um, going to get a degree, you know, coming out of ignorance because the Bible even says, God says, my people perish. Yeah. Why? Not because of sin, for a lack of knowledge. Yes. So thank you for starting us there. Um, the Bible also talks about us being renewed, being transformed rather by the renewing of the mind. There's so many scriptures about the mind. So I know that the Holy Spirit um, definitely and God <laughs> want to place a lot of emphasis on that. And so thank you for helping us see that, you know, kingdom finances is, is another thing because we're not just talking about finances, but we're talking about how to manage it from a kingdom perspective. So let's go into that, right? Like what is the kingdom perspective? What, you know, because we really want to get to this because this is the whole objective of this session is to help viewers understand what the kingdom perspective of finances is. If you can walk us through that. One of the things as far as mindset is concerned um, when it comes to um, business finances and, and managing business finances or just finances in general as a kingdom person is um, believing, first of all, like we said, mindset. So believing that you can be wealthy and be righteous, right? Mm. Love it. There's something that I noticed, um, and I think this comes from, quote unquote, I don't quote unquote the church, right? Mm -hmm. Where sometimes poverty is viewed as a virtue. You're, you yeah. know, even the even in the language of how we speak, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, you know, I could be better, you know, I'm doing. And so you're speaking into your life, you're speaking into your finances in a mm -hmm. negative way, right? Yeah. And so what the Bible tells us, right, that we will lend to many, right? To many nations and we will not borrow. And lending mm -hmm. to many nations tells me that that's abundance. That speaks of a place of abundance. You cannot mm -hmm. lend to nations if you don't have money, right? Oh and God. so, but the teachings, so, you know, in a lot of churches have not really emphasized on what God tells us about wealth, what God tells us about managing the small. If we're faithful in the small, we will be faithful in, 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 in more, right? Yes. And so I think there's been, a, a over the years, there's been a lot of emphasis on sowing and getting something back. There's been a mm -hmm. lot of emphasis on just, um, just um, stuff that's I believe in sowing, absolutely believe in sowing. But when it comes to growing in your finances, when it comes to growing in your finances and business, um, you also have to have some discipline in your spending Correct. and Correct. in your sowing, right? And so um, God tells us also that he blesses the work of our hands. It's another issue that I found is that we want to pray. A lot of times Christians want to pray for money. And they don't want to do the work. My they God. don't want to operate in excellence, which is a biblical principle. Mm -hmm. They don't want to operate in integrity, but they just want the money to come because they sold a thousand dollars. Right. And so we have to talk about that mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Sewing is biblical, yes. yes. And sometimes the Lord will guide us to sacrificial giving. He will. The Holy yes. Spirit will guide us to sacrificial giving. But 
I don't believe it's every Sunday. And mm-hmm. I don't believe it's it's all the time when you, you when you want money, right? Yeah. There's a practical aspect to living and to finances that is not emotional because finances and emotions really <laughs> they don't they don't work together, right? Accounting is very practical. Right. So um yeah, and so that's one thing that I really want to emphasize is that um God gives us the power to create wealth. The Bible says that. Um, and that we can be wealthy and we can be righteous as Christians. Amen. And, you know, even as I think about the concept of stewardship, that is so clearly um, highlighted throughout the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, when Jesus himself is teaching about the principle of you know, sowing and reaping, as you talked about, or even finances. Um, it talks about um, in Luke 16, verse 10 to 12, I think you, you sort of alluded to this when you talked about one who was faithful in very little is also, you know, faithful in much. When we think about just stewardship, stewardship takes work. Stewardship is not a one and done. It's It takes maintenance, right? It takes um, energy and wisdom, right? Um, you think about a farmer, um, even with putting seed in the ground, he has to know, you know, he has to uh, till the soil and he has to water it and watch over it and keep uh, keep uh, harmful substances and animals away from, you know, uh, um, the ground that the seed is planted. Uh, planted in, right? It's so there is a lot of work that goes into stewarding and and watching over even your seed, quote unquote. If we want to stay in that lane, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not just plant and go, but it takes work. Um, and I and I want to kind of hone in on the wisdom aspect of it because you talked about you know um, the lack of understanding as it relates to the disciplinary aspect of, of finances because this is not teach this is not taught on a broad level to believers right like if we don't go to workshops or certain conferences that highlight this topic we're not you know your average sermon is not going to talk about this so <laughs> so these these uh, segments and sessions are really important because it's not as you say all about you know, shouting and, and dropping, you know, your last dime in the wallet, which there's a time for that, right? There's a time to act and give out of faith and generosity. And then there's a time to save. There's a time to invest, right? And there's a time to sit with uh, an accountant and, you know, get the necessary outsource because you don't always have to do it yourself, right? God has blessed us with professionals such as yourself. That's going to teach us the right way to do this. And so thank you for bringing um, that to the light and just, one scripture I want to talk about in terms of wisdom is someone, you know, feels like, well, I don't have the wisdom to manage my finances. Well, the Bible says that God gives wisdom to us freely, right? And that if anyone lacks, that we can just ask God who gives it to us so generously without finding fault. God is not going to judge you or I, if we go to him and say, God, could you just <laughs> bless me with some wisdom in this area? Because I noticed that every other area of my life seems to be progressing except the area of my finances, Perhaps I'm lacking some wisdom in this area. And he'll give it to you, the Bible says, according to James 1, 5. So again, woman of God, thank you for bringing that to the light. And now could you just tell us in terms of your own life, how, you know, applying these principles have helped you become who you are and get where you are today? Yeah. 
So um, in my own life, one thing that I did notice because, okay, so I'm an accountant and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, I've got it all together and I can figure out finances. I'll bring something else to the table. I, you know, I have to learn about it or watch videos or read a book. Right. But um, in my own life, I, um, I prided myself with doing well as far as uh, managing finances. Right. Always. Um, but one thing that I did notice that came up, even as I'm working with clients, right, was that I also had to begin to believe that abundance was mine too, right? Mm -hmm. That um, speaking of the abundant life, um, not only financially, but in everything, right? Speaking of it, showing people that my life is abundant um, was something that I held back from, right? Mm -hmm. I would, I would, well, you know, we would call it humility, but I think it's also a false humility because mm -hmm. there is a balance, right? I'm not saying, you know, you show people everything that's going on in your life, but if you've been blessed and you're a mm -hmm. kingdom person, you should be able to share that with yeah. others so they can remain encouraged and they can know that if if God did it for her, he can do it for me, right? And yeah. so that's how I see um, how some of the principles that I've been talking about and I've been working with clients on are also flowing over into my life where now I'm viewing money as a tool to create an abundant life to create more opportunities for me um, to live the life that I know I'm supposed to live as a king kingdom person. So, um, so yeah, that's how I would say that that kind of, you know, has worked in my life, right? And applying mm -hmm. biblical principles, they work. Actually, biblical principles are universal. So mm -hmm. even when we see people in the world that give, right, that give to the poor, that apply the principles of saving and investing that are biblical, yes. they prosper. Yes. They do prosper financially because God's principles are universal. Amen. It's sad that as kingdom people, we call God our father. He mm. is our father. He owns the cattle on the thousand, cattle on the thousand hills, right? He's mm -hmm. our daddy, right? Mm -hmm. And we as kingdom people shrivel back and don't claim what is already ours, right? And so, yeah, that's what I would say. That's how it, it's, it, it's affected my thinking and how it's changed my life as well is applying biblical principles um, to my own life and my own finances. Yes, ma'am, that was amazing. Um, you said so many there was so many good nuggets in there, um, but I want to I want to really hone in on um, you know you talked about you know this false humility that I think is plaguing a lot of believers at some point in my own life, mine as well, where I think it had a lot to do with my environment um, because a lot of times we are a result and our mindsets are a result of our environment right and so we pick up things environmentally and so i was around people that didn't feel comfortable past a certain income bracket or didn't even feel comfortable associating themselves <laughs> or others around them um, for that matter including me with making a certain amount of income or pursuing certain opportunities in life because they felt 
um, culturally, religiously, you know, we should just stay at a certain level. And because like yourself, um, I, I wanted to be humble before God and I wanted to be in, in step with his will for my life. I just went along with it. But over time, I realized that God had more for me and that um, if I was going to ever attain those things he had for me, I would have to break past the barriers of fear, of the lies of the enemy through people. Uh, my own self-limitation rooted with my own past traumas. You know, all of the things that we have, there's a lot of things that we may have to overcome before we're even in agreement with what God has to say yes. about us financially, right? Yes. Um, and so thank you for being transparent and, and really talking about that because, the again, going back to the mind, the mindset is everything. Your belief system, the, the Bible says that out of the heart flows the issues of life. And what it's when it says heart, it's talking about the center of your being, which is your mind, which is also synonymous with your spirit there. So really what you have flowing on the inside of you is gonna govern what you do on the outside, right? And the Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if I believe that I'm poor and that I'll always be broke and that God only has for me a certain amount of income, then I've already limited myself to that. God is going to honor my belief system, even if he wants more from me, right? Yes. yes. And so, you know, we have to really assess our belief system, even before we can navigate into other areas of abundance. Like that may be something we watch others attain and we may never get it if we yes. don't deal with our own belief system. Yes, um, yes, yes. So, and, and, and I wanted to jump in, Dr. Shirley, and just say that, the world is not ashamed of mm -hmm. displaying abundance, right? No. They have no issue. They're out here living their best lives, yes. right? And that's <laughs> what even draws people unto them. Yes, yes. That's what even draws people unto them because they're like, well, I want to live like that. What you got on a private jet in the morning and you were in in Japan and you, you know, and so, but we know the spirit that they operate in, right? And we can see as kingdom people, when you watch somebody's life on social media, you can see when they're not being humble, right? You can tell when people are being prideful, right? But there's a difference in being prideful and celebrating the abundance that God has blessed you with. There's a difference and you can do it with all humility, but with encouragement because you're saying to your kingdom family members, right? Your brothers and sisters that look, God did this for me, mm. right? I shifted my mindset and he's blessed me abundantly and his word is true. His Absolutely. word is true. He says that I will I will lend to many nations and look at me now. I have mm -hmm. millions and I can pay, I can help charities, I can help churches, I can help um, you know, child traffic, whatever it is with the passion that God puts on your heart, you mm -hmm. can do it better, bigger, save more people, deliver more people because you have more finances. Right? Absolutely. You Absolutely. need finances to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And right. and and so I just wanted to start, start, jump in and say the world has no issue no. with showing uh, their abundance. And, and that's Absolutely. how people get led into all this other stuff. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as far as... Uh, 
new age stuff and all that because it's promising a life of abundance. Mm. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to touch on the world's view of, you know, and their passion for being wealthy, their means that they go about get, obtaining wealth, and then the church turning around to copy the world because they don't understand who they are. They don't understand kingdom finances. They don't understand what the Bible says belongs to us which is the wealth of the wicked. <laughs> the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous, which means I don't need to go chasing what already belongs to me. I don't need to go and compromise in any way, shape or form to obtain something that the devil is making me think he owns. When the Bible tells me that the earth is the Lord's, everything in it, right? And the inhabitants that dwell therein. So when I'm talking about kingdom finances, for someone who's tuned in, that's still a little, like, a little bit confused on what does that look like? So kingdom finances, it's the perspective, first and foremost, that everything belongs to God and that you and I are now faithfully stewards over the resources that he chooses to uh, assign to the earth through us, right? And for us to manage over. So that's really what the whole idea of kingdom finances is all about. Now, the world and the world system, they don't believe there's a God They or they may acknowledge that he's God, but choose to rebel against him. And so we have to be careful that in looking at the world that we're not copying how they get their wealth because that ultimately leads us to what the Bible warns us again, which is we can't serve two masters right? Because what's happening with the world, they're clearly serving other gods, okay? And Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And this is coming straight from the mouth of Jesus, right? Because he knew that clearly at that time they needed to hear this. And it still rings true today that we're living in a time where money rules the world, right? And people are willing to sell their souls for money. People right. are willing to compromise everything and everyone for the sake and love of money. When money should only be a tool that we use to execute and get the will of God done in the earth, not something that we worship. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that because I know that's also a very big problem. And the Bible even says that many people have pierced their souls with many sorrows because of chasing money. Well, what I can say about that um, when it comes to uh, managing finances um, in your personal life and in your business, yeah. first of all, the number one thing is to seek ye first, yes. right? The kingdom of God. Yes. And, uh, and, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek God first, sorry. Seek God first and all these things will be added unto you. When you seek him first, you begin to align with what he is pouring into you, what he wants you to do with the abundance that he's going to bless you with or has already blessed you with, right? And so when you go by worldly principles, the worldly principles are hustle, hustle, work, work, get this money, get this money. And then it's all about self, right? Mm -hmm. So you get the money and it's about pleasing self. It's about 
you know, and so that's where a lot of Christians struggle. They're like, well, I don't want to be that person, right? Mm -hmm. But um, when we seek God first, right, he gives us clarity. He gives us strategy, even in business, especially in business. And, and, and we won't have to sell ourselves just to get money right? Just to get by, right? Because he'll, he'll speak to us. He'll give us strategy. We apply his principles where his principles are you give, give to the poor, right? You, for me, with my clients, we talk about giving, we talk about saving, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about um, managing the resources that we have right now so that we can be blessed with more. Now the world, even though they seem to be having a, a ball. I think a lot of these people, if we go dig deeper into their lives, there are other things that they're dealing with, right? We hear of successful people that have committed suicide and they were at the top of their game, right? Mm. And so in comparison to, to world finances and, and kingdom finances, kingdom finances come with peace, mm. come with peace. Mm -hmm. They come with prosperity, not only financially, but all around, God is interested in all around prosperity, right? Mm -hmm. Our health, our relationships, right? And, um, and, and so that's what I have to say about that, that I know that right now there's a lot going on out there, especially as far as tightness of money and the economy and all that. Mm -hmm. And it might seem easier to go a different route and to compromise a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, just to get money in, but it comes with so many sorrows. Mm -hmm. It comes with so many sorrows, but the, but but uh, the blessing of the Lord, it just it's it, it just it comes with peace. Yeah, you just cannot compare it. You cannot compare it. And I'm not even talking about millions. If God has called you to millions, that's amazing, mm -hmm. right? But I'm not even talking about millions. I'm just talking about being able to be in a place of abundance. Amen. Right. right. Amen. I'm glad you said that because yes, the reality is everyone is not going to be rich. Every Christian is not destined to be rich. None of the disciples were rich. Jesus wasn't rich, at least not on earth. Um, but they were packed with spiritual riches. Okay. And um, we have to come into that belief system because I know that there's a prosperity gospel that says that every Christian should be rich. And so people are disappointed when, that doesn't happen for them because they, if you believe wrong, then ultimately you're going to move towards the wrong things. And so um, I'm glad we, we set that straight. Um, but, you know, we definitely want to say that one thing that is clear from Genesis to Revelation is that God does not ever want his children to be in lack. Right now, what that looks like for all of us will be very different, <laughs> but lack is not of God. Okay, um, because lack does not exist in his presence. Okay, that's something that I'm sure a concept that developed after the fall of Adam and Eve and that the enemy has used to impoverish God's people. That's always been his agenda because the agenda of Christ is to restore God's people. And so we know that to be true. And the Bible even says in John 10, 10, when Jesus says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, yeah. and to destroy, but I have mm -hmm. come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so 
abundance is a kingdom principle. This is not a principle that the world introduced. This is from the Bible, <laughs> right? Jesus talked, he talked, he didn't talk dollars and cents, but he talked abundance. And like you said, it's a abundance is a concept that's all encompassing. It looks at your whole life, not yeah. just one area of your life, because you have millionaires that are suicidal. You have billionaires that are depressed, right? Now they're prospering financially, but their soul is impoverished. Okay. And God doesn't want that for us. He wants us whole, heal, well, prospering, ab abundant in every aspect of our lives, every arena of life. And that's again where, you know, the wisdom is so important because wisdom will shed light on what are those areas that we're lacking in. Yes. Right. Yes. And also point us to bringing it to God. Right. Because once you realize there's lack somewhere, it's not your responsibility to fill up that void. It's your responsibility to bring it before God. Yes. Ask yes. him, how do I fill this need, meet this need? Because when we don't do that, that's when the enemy comes and he offers his own solutions and we get into trouble. Exactly. Exactly. Seeking him first is, is, the, is the first step. Absolutely. And that's a beautiful segue into the scriptures. Like what are some scriptures that we can use in this journey to be our best selves financially as, as believers? And you gave us a great one, Matthew 6, 33, where it talks about seeking you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. That is ginormous. Yeah. And it, it's one that I think so many people struggle with because what it does is it puts the onus on God to provide for us and it takes the power, the burden of us providing from ourselves away. And most people struggle with that because they don't like not being in control, right? All the time. Yeah. And they don't realize that that's a disservice to, to themselves to not be able to yield to God as a father, as a provider, as a progenitor as the author of life. Like if you can't do that, you have so many issues because you're going to be confronted with a world of issues because he is like, if you have a car, for example, the best place to take the car that you purchased that's giving you problems, you could go to a local mechanic, but you might want to just go to the source. If you go to the dealership, you're going to nip it in the butt, yeah. right? Because they, created that car and they essentially are the best ones to know how to fix whatever problems in it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I got to say that um, we also have to remember as, as kingdom people, as Christians, that God is a good father, right? Mm. He is a good father. And so even as a parent ourselves, um, when we have children that we know have come to a certain age where let's say, they're at an age they can mow the lawn, right? Mm -hmm. Or they can help out in the house or they can do something themselves, right? If they come and they say, I need money, right? And then I would say, look, is there anything that you can do on your end, mm -hmm. right? I already have the money. The money belongs to my child, right? I already have the $20, $50, whatever set aside for this child, right? It's there, right? Because right. I'm their parent, right? And I have to take care of them. But there's also what I want to say to uh, Kingdom um, brothers and sisters is that we also have a part that we play. We have a part that we play when it comes to Kingdom finances, when it comes to um, even creating wealth, right? There's a part that we have to play as well. There's a 
sometimes an imbalance of saying, well, I'm praying and I'm waiting on God and, you know, thinking that maybe the money will just flow down. And, uh, and so I want to say that there is a part that we have to play as well. Amen. Absolutely. Yes. Any other scriptures that come to mind for you on this topic? On this topic? Um, uh, like I said, I love, I love the, um, you lend to many nations and mm. you will borrow from none. I love that. Um, but as far as um, blessing the, the work of our hands, right? Mm. Um, I'm thinking it's Psalm, it's Psalm 128, right? Mm. About blessing the work of our hands, right? So the Lord blesses the work of our hands. So we have to do some work and mm. he blesses it. We're not just sitting around um, waiting for stuff to just fall from the sky. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. And, and another one, um, it's, I'm sure it's in Deuteronomy. Don't correct me if I'm wrong, but it talks about God giving us the power to get wealth. Right. Um, again, for those who have hold to the belief that God doesn't want his children wealthy. God wants us to stay and live beneath our means. He wants us to be content. He wants us to be um, submissive to his will for us. Yes. Whether that means he wants us in the income bracket of a billionaire, a millionaire, or just an average middle-class person, or in a third world country, at the end of the day, your income bracket doesn't make you better um, than the other person. It just means that God has you where he wants you and whatever means you have, he wants you to do the most you can with it, right? Absolutely. Whatever, you know, your income looks like, he wants you to be faithful to steward it because then he can determine are you, if whether or not you're ready for more, right? Um, again, and I, I just feel that as a whole, the church has failed us in this area to teach us these things because they've emphasized a lot about tithing. Yeah. A lot about tithing and people are now giving out of fear, which should not be um, because the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And one of the things that we saw Jesus push was this idea of giving out of love. Right. And from and the Cheerful heart. Yes, exactly. He yeah. he pushed that principle, giving out of first your love for God and then for people, right? Um, and if we keep that in mind, if we if we keep that governing principle in mind, I think we'll be all right. Because again, even if the abund the wealth comes in great measure, we're not going to trade God in for it because we'll remember He gave it to us. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like we won't attribute it to our hard work, our degrees, our affiliations. It will be God did this. Yeah. And that Absolutely. means I owe him to certain capacity to be faithful over it. Because again, I understand I'm a steward. Everything we have, even the breath that we're breathing right now, has been lent to us by God for a season. <laughs> yeah. Really. That we family members, our children, you know, everything to guide them. They belong to God. Everything we have 
is literally lent to us. I won't say the only reason I'm not saying given is because I want to make it clear that it has an expiration date on it, right? That <laughs> this is, and this is important because when we even think about the parable um, of you know where Jesus talked about the master that left and the parable of the talents. Talents, right? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This is a powerful parable because what it does is it reminds us that one day we're going to have to give an account. And so we we have to be mindful that we cannot just live for ourselves. We can't just be in the moment. We can't just think about today and not tomorrow. Right? So there's all of these sort of principles at play when it comes to managing not just our finances, but our lives, right? Like we have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, we're going to stand before <laughs> the one who placed us here to begin with, right? And not he's not only going to ask, what did you do with my son, Jesus? But what did you do with your finances? Yes. The resources yes. that I gave you. How did you maximize that? Yes. The, the, the parable of talents talks about investing. Yes. It talks about applying wisdom. There's so much in there. And it also um, speaks against fear mm. because he was fearful. Mm. He was, he said, I know you to be a wicked master or whatever. I don't know. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but he, the one that didn't multiply his finances was operating in a spirit of fear. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I'm glad you, you hone in on that one that didn't have much because I want to speak to someone right now who maybe you're in a season of dryness where you don't have any steady income, you're not working, unemployed, or you might be in a third world country where there's no major opportunities coming your way and you literally just don't have any real income or resources. And I want you to know that even that is seasonal, that perhaps you're in that season because God is testing you. He's stretching your faith because in those moments where there was little to no resources, that's where God would, is, Jesus particularly would always perform a miracle, right? Yes. Like yes. two fish and five loaves turned yes. into feeding thousands. Yes. Water turned into wine. Okay. Yes. So there's just so much opportunity, you know, when we talk about this topic has so many layers to it. It's, it's not so black and white because you may go through a dry season where, again, you don't have the resources. It's not because you're not responsible. It's not because you're not capable. It's not even because you don't have faith. It just is a season that's just, you just found yourself in that place. Yeah. Don't give up. Keep believing. Yeah. Stay in the word. Yes. Find out what is God trying to teach me in this season before right. he brings me into my next, because there will be a next, right? And you just want to be prepared. You just want to, you want to learn all of the things that he has for you to learn now so that he can bring you into your next. And by the way, your season can change in an instant, okay? okay? Joseph went from <laughs> being in the prison one night to being second in command over the land of Egypt the next day. Yes, yes. The Shunammite woman went from, you know, preparing her last meal to being a successful entrepreneur yes. in her whole community, to bless her whole community. Yes. There's so many examples throughout the Bible that we can see where, you know, people were in dire straits. They, they were, they needed a miracle and God came through. 
Yes. If he can do that. If he did it for them, he can do it for you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And even in, in, in the, in the little, again, we go back to that, that if there is nothing, you know, really coming in that, you know, not like what you're used to in the past, even the little that you have, yes. manage it wisely, Work your you know, yes. work, you know, manage it wisely. Do you have to um, change how you're eating? Is there something that you can buy different? Is there something that um, maybe you can get for free? Can you exchange your um, expertise for something? Um, just, you know, just managing what you have while waiting, you know, while being obedient, while praying, staying prayerful, staying in your word, reciting the promises that God has for you in the Bible, and definitely God does not lie. Your situation will turn around. It will turn around. And uh, I come against a lot of the, the talk that says, you know, just believe it and, and it'll happen and this and that. And there's a season, like you said, there's a season for everything. And a lot of times in our down season is when our relationship with God grows yes. stronger. And mm-hmm. so we learn to rely on him. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I want to encourage somebody in that position as well. Manage what you do have right now well. Trust God, right? Stay in your word, and it will turn around for you. Amen. Amen. What a lovely way to close our segment. This was beautiful. And for someone who's like, God, all I have is you. I have nothing else. I just want you to know you have everything you need. If all you have is God, you have everything you need be encouraged. And really, God will not entrust you with a lot of wealth if you can't first show him and prove to him that even when that wealth comes, he will still mean more to you. Yes, he's your everything. He has to have first place no matter what how many zeros you have behind your name. Like he needs to be sure that you're not going to change when the wealth comes. If he sees anything that he sees that's going to take you away from him, don't count on him to give it to you. He's he's a good parent. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) Not happening. Okay. So trust his love no matter what, because whether he adds takes away it's all in love it's all for your good even when you don't understand so that is all we have for you today folks before we end i want to give rhoda an opportunity to share with our, those that are tuned in how they can get in touch with you if they'd like your services oh sure 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 first i wanted to end off with just um a couple of tips for people that are saying i want to manage my finances um but i don't know where to start i want to be a good steward especially the business owners um even the ones that are in the floor stage right um building stage and they're saying um i do want i hear you i believe it you know but i want to be able to what can i do to manage my finances well now and i would say and we this has been the theme through our entire conversation is you know start where you are right mm-hmm. if you feel well i'm not ready to hire somebody like me right maybe i can't uh i can't see myself right now financially investing in an accounting service what can i do now and what i'm saying is do what you can read 
right? Mm. Read books about your finances. Read mm -hmm. books about business finances specifically if you're running a business. Go to workshops. Go to um, seminars. Um, if you're saying, well, I can't even pay for this big conference. I'm saying do what you can now. There's free resources out there. There's YouTube. YouTube. There's so much going on out here that you, all you need is an internet connection and you can literally, literally learn the stuff that people um, go to school for, for five, 10 years to learn about finances. Just dedicate yeah. yourself to that. You know, an hour a day, 30 minutes a day, I'm going to learn something new about business finances. Um, I can buy a book and it's $10, $12. I can pay for that book and go back to it over and over, right? And continue to learn, right? And surround yourself with the right people, mm -hmm. right? Surround yourself with the mindset. And so Surrounding yourself sometimes is not physical. Sometimes surrounding yourself is following people on social media, right? Mm -hmm. That have those mindsets um, and they'll speak into you. You'll see a post and it'll speak into you um, as far as whatever need that it is, right? We're talking about finances right now, but whatever need and you literally, I've seen posts and it'll shift, like shift my thinking for the rest of the day. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, 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 you know? And so, um, do what you can now. Manage your resources now, right? Do the best that you, if you have a spreadsheet and, and you just can work from a spreadsheet right now. We'll learn how to work from a spreadsheet. Show show your part, your responsibility that you're managing and you're working to manage and store the finances that God has blessed you with well. For me, I don't have um, so many um, contacts. I would say everything that you need to know about me is at t-accountable.com. That's my website and my social links are on there. Um, everything, I have a book um, and I do have um, master classes coming up. And so t-accountable.com is the best way to get more information about how I help kingdom entrepreneurs um, steward their finances as well. Wonderful. This has been such a blessing, Rhoda. Thank you so much for just your wealth of knowledge that you shared from us and just helping us to get back on track with having a kingdom mindset with how we deal with our finances. And so that is all we have for you today, folks. I pray that something that was said resonated with you, your situation, your spirit, and leads you one step closer to Jesus. If you are tuned in today and have not yet committed your life to Christ as your Lord and Savior, my prayer for you is that today would be that day. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And there's no better decision that will guarantee you the best possible life here on earth and when you leave this earth. After you've made this decision, I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church that will help you to grow spiritually and be all that God created you to be. For the ladies that are tuned in, if you're looking for a support system and a group of women to fellowship with and grow spiritually, please connect with us here at Beauty for Ashes Global Women's Ministry, which is my organization where we offer a variety of ways that you can do just that from virtual small groups, girl talk sessions, conferences, retreats, and so much more. You can visit our website at your convenience at www.beautyforashes-global.com for all the ways that you can connect and partner with us. God bless you until we meet again. Thank you so much, Dr. Rhoda, for being here today. Thank you for having me.
listening to A Word with Dr. Shirley. To connect with Dr. Shirley, please visit www.drshirleyphd.com or email drshirleyphd.com.